had great participation on week two. So thanks everybody for letting your friends know and sharing the information with everybody. Uh, we had 700 participants, 700 members participated, which was up about 28% from last week. So that's fantastic news. We also had 98 receive perfect scores. So round of applause. That is our hall of champions. So we had 98 of you get perfect scores and that goes into the raffle for the final winners, which we'll announce in a little bit here. Um, that'll be our, our top 10. I did wanna highlight a couple of um, members in our hall of champions. Um, so we had some of our FIFA family join um, that are also NISOA members. So we had two FIFA referees, current FIFA referees, Danielle Chesky and Ted Uncle received perfect scores. So thank you guys for participating. Um, and we also had the FIFA Regional Development Officer, also a former FIFA official, uh, Javier Santos also participate. So thank you guys very much. Um, if they're getting 100%, it means we're doing something right, I guess, right? Uh, fantastic. Uh, also had a couple of reminders wanted to share with you all. So the asterisk that differentiates the um, choice between what restart and what misconduct you have, we still have a handful of people selecting that. Just a friendly reminder that actually marks it incorrect automatically. So we don't want to hit the asterisk in between. Uh, you want to select both a restart and a misconduct, but not that little asterisk in between, okay? Um, we also had less people take it more than once, so that worked out really well. So thanks everybody for listening um, and partaking and only once, uh, so that was really helpful. And last reminder, I just wanted to make a friendly reminder, if you've already won monetary um, awards as a result of this, you will be opted out of further monetary awards. You can still be in the Hall of Champions. So we encourage you to continue to participate in the quiz and learn, but you will um, not be eligible for, okay? So we had a couple people um, that were able to uh, we had to take away for the uh, money's piece of it. So those are the reminders. They were short and sweet this week, which means we're getting better. Week two, fantastic. And now let's move on to our two most missed questions. So first we had clip two. Um, and so if we can play that video, please, Doug. Great. So if you're looking at this clip, there's a couple things to note. Um, right about at six seconds, where we can really start to see that there's a clear attack. So about here, you can start to see there's nobody else around. This attacker is really on goal. It's him um, and maybe one other defender that's trailing, um, but they're kind of, he's jigging and jagging. Um, what's important for us as officials is right here, we need to start having heightened awareness um, that this is a dog so situation. And we need to start thinking dog so in our head, both as referees and ARs as well here. Um, so we wanna start thinking dog so. If we have a foul, we're likely going to have a dog so decision here, right? So once we continue to move on, um, we have a handful of people think this was not a foul. So I'd like to stop it right at the point where we have a hand on the back. Again, Doug. 
And what you can see is at pace like this, it doesn't take much for you to, to foul and, and take the attacker off their, off their pace. Um, at speed, it doesn't have to be a lot of contact. Just keep that in mind. Um, this is indeed a foul. You can see the defender place his hand on his back um, and make a push right there. So we do have a foul. There is indeed a foul. We had a handful of people think that there wasn't a foul here. Um, we definitely have a foul. Um, the other key to this as well is if the title is Fa and Doxo, we're likely not determining if it is or isn't a foul. We're likely trying to decide the severity, yellow card, red card of, of the dog so here. So just a friendly trick of the trade. Uh, look at the title and that'll also help you. Um, we're not usually looking at, is this a foul or not in this instance? Um, but it's clearly a foul as he places his hand on, on the attacker's back here. Um, the last thing I wanted to highlight in this clip, if we can go back um, to the start of this, Doug, um, just at like the first second. What you'll see is this is a long pass that comes out of the defensive third here. And right here, we can see our referee in this instance is very stagnant. We want to be more mobile in this instance, right? Once that defender has cleared and has space, we need to start moving upfield. We need to have a quick transition, a quick 10-yard burst, and that'll help us get in a better position for when that long ball is sent and we'll be in the right place. Because we very well could have a very close in and out decision like we have here. And it's critical that we're in the right position in order to make that call. That's a game critical uh, decision. Um, and it's very important that we are able to see that and have 100% confidence in that decision. So important here, the play starts and you can see that long ball gets sent. We really should be sprinting already um, to try and catch up to this. Okay, so if we could show the results from clip two. And you, what you'll see here um, is we had a handful of people say it was not a foul, which we've already discussed um, the hand on the back, it certainly is. Um, we had a couple indirect free kicks, not sure why there. Um, but our expected decision here was the direct free kick and a red card. All of the, the Ds are met here. There's no other defenders. He's straight on the goal. Um, and so we would expect a red card here. We had a handful of no cards and a handful of yellow cards. Um, but the expected outcome here would be a direct free kick and a red card for denying an obvious school scoring opportunity. Okay? Great. Let's move on to clip four, which is the second most missed clip. Um, if we can take a look at that clip. Great. Thanks, Doug. So here what you can see um, is if we can stop it right when the holding starts, um, which is about 21 seconds, you can see the defender who's beat um, kind of reaches out and grabs the attacker. And while the foul initiates and starts just outside of the penalty area, it continues in to the penalty area. And that's what's really important about this. So it starts at about 21. And if we can slow motion as he enters into the penalty area, you'll see it continues on for a few seconds here. And it finally ends once the player falls. He's still holding, still holding, still holding. Let's go here. They're clearly inside the penalty area. So this is an instance of a holding foul that starts on the outside of the penalty area and continues in. And as a result of that continuation, we would expect a penalty kick decision here. Now let's look at the tactical nature. If we can see the wide view, it's about three seconds into the clip. What you'll see here is when we need to start taking into consideration Doxo. So at about three seconds, you can see um, once that long ball is sent, and once he speeds past these two defenders, it is just him. 
if this is clearly um, an opportunity for denying obvious goal scoring opportunities. So as referees, our awareness needs to go up and as ARs as well, our awareness needs to go up here as well because we might be an instance where there's a long ball and, and you may need to help. Um, so it's really important that we're prepared to help make a critical decision here, um, which if you take a look at about 25 seconds, right at the end of this clip, you can see the AR's movement. Um, he's prepared to help support his referee in this instance. He sees the foul um, and he's ready um, to help out there. So here you can see the foul taking place. It's clearly dog so, um, clearly um, inside the penalty area and it is a holding foul, which would result in um, a red card decision here. So our expected outcome is a penalty kick and a red card. And if you can see the AR right here at the end, you can see his movement. Um, and as soon as that foul occurs, he looks back to see where his referee is. He's got his hand in his, his fog in his right hand. He's prepared to help support. That's perfect. That's just what we'd expect from an AR um, with a critical decision like this. If you also notice the time, it's right at the end of the game. So um, similar to the, the first clip we discussed on clip two, um, really important here is the referee's positioning and anticipation. So if we can go to the very start of this clip, right at zero, what you can see is um, we've got a defender with a ball at his feet. Um, he's got some space. And I imagine at this point, the attacker's already starting to probably make that run. So as referees, we need to pick our heads up and be aware of that and already start our sprint here. Um, we need to have a quick 10-yard burst. Um, and if he ends up having a challenge right here, then we can always adjust, right? Um, but we need to be anticipating that long ball and get that ahead of it. That 10-yard sprint is going to make a big difference for us being able to make an in-and-out decision in the penalty area, especially with the explosive nature of this attacker. Uh, he's got some speed, and I'm sure it's not the first sprint he made in the game. So being aware of that is really important as officials, and that will help us get these decisions right. So if we could look at the analysis of clip four, what you can see um, is we had um, a large portion of people say direct free kick and yellow card. So um, again, really important, it is a penalty kick as a result of that continuation foul. Um, and the red card is a result of the holding foul. There is no play on the ball here. So we would expect a red card um, for this foul. Okay, and we talked about the dog so nature. All Ds are clear here. He's clearly um, in on goal. His direction is there. Um, there are no other defenders in place. So this is the dog so clip and we would expect to see penalty kick um, and a red card and just seconds left in this match. So really critical. These things happen late in the game and we have to be prepared to make these calls. So uh, those were our two missed calls, um, most missed calls that we went through. And again, the full analysis will be available on Monday um, for everyone to review all the ones that we got um, incorrect or correct. Um, and now I'd like to transition over to the kitchen where I have some friends on standby to announce the winners. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you ready for the drum roll? Yeah. Let's do it. Ready? What do we say? It's time for, for the winners. It's time for the winners. All right, you guys ready? Who wants to help me read? Me. All right. Okay, in first place this week, Michael McBride from North Carolina. Second place, Brian Lynch from Illinois. Illinois. Very good. Third place, Caleb Perry from West Virginia. In fourth place, Eric Tattersall from Ohio. Fernando Rodriguez from New Jersey takes fifth place. New Jersey. New Jersey, very good. Pedro Minata from New Jersey takes sixth place. Mark Romig from Texas takes seventh. 
Chance Cowder from Missouri takes eighth. Anad Garcon from North Carolina takes ninth. Got the last paper. And Anchor Singh from New York takes 10th place. Congratulations, everybody. Taking quizzes. Best of luck. All right. Congratulations. Thanks, you guys. What the drummers you are. Good thing we don't have a drum set. We would be in trouble. Thanks, Joey. Okay. Um, so just friendly reminders, a week three will kick off um, here next week on Monday. So that will be released via email. Please share it with your friends of NISOA as we hope we have as many possible winners as possible. Um, so looking forward to that. Um, and we'll also have the analysis of week three released. So thanks for joining us and hope to see you all soon. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.